You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Redneck Properties. And boy, do we have a treat today. We have Daphna Horowitz, who is the CEO coach, and uh, she works with a lot of business owners and CEOs uh, to become extraordinary leaders. And uh, she's also the podcast host of Leadership Live. She's a public speaker, and we're going to talk a lot about leadership today and what that means and and how um, she's able to expand uh, CEOs' reach to um, you know, maximize their greatness and how to deal with their challenges in their business um, with confidence. Uh, so that's, you know, obviously a very important topic. Um, I'm sure a lot of you listening are, are either active or passive in a business. So um, this episode will be pretty interesting for you to listen to. So Daphna, thank you for coming on the show. Wonderful to be here, Anthony. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So can you talk to us about uh, what an extraordinary leader is? Um, talk to us a, a little bit about what your platform is. Sure. So I'd love to start with saying that usually when we're really good at what we do, when we're experts, when we're talented, we know what our strengths are and we work on those, we get to higher levels of performance. And that's when we kind of start to understand who we are, what we're good at, what we want to do in the world, and we build on that as we go through our journey in our career or our business or whatever the case may be. And then we get to a point where it's not enough to just rely on the things that you're good at in order to continue to expand your levels of success or whatever it is that your next level is going to be. And that's when other skills are required. You kind of have to think more broadly. So as you get promoted into leadership positions or perhaps you open your own business, you start to understand that your level of expertise is great and important and has led you to excellent results. But in order to get to the next level of performance, you need something different. And that's where leadership comes in. Because all of a sudden, you're needing to actually let go of a lot of your areas of expertise get more people in that know more about certain things than you do and really be able to lead people, processes, systems, and your business to get to even higher levels of performance. Got it. So, so how do you get there and how do you, um, you know, let's say you're just a, you know, you're an employee and, you know, you're, you're rising through the ranks. Maybe you're a vice president, you're about to be senior vice president, but you've, you've never really, um, maybe it's an engineering job and, you know, the senior VP role um, takes more of a, um, a team working role, maybe like, you know, and, and maybe you weren't used to working with teams and it was more of an individual role. How do you, how do you, uh, yeah. 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 And there are two elements to that. There's one element where you are maybe used to being an individual contributor where your performance is, uh, dependent on what you're doing and your strengths and your expertise, or you're also, you might be used to working with a team where you come in as the subject matter expert in a particular area and you're still working with a team, but you know you have your particular uh, talent or expertise that you're contributing. And then, you know, as you get 
better and better at what you do. You get recognized as more and more of a talent or an expert. You get promoted and all of a sudden you see that you need other skills. So like I said, you need to get, let go of some of the stuff and you need to learn how to lead a team, get, get results through other people. And those skills don't come naturally most of the time to people who are talent or experts in their field. And this is something that you need to now become aware of. And often I actually see when I work with people, in fact, I actually just was talking to a client um, about a week ago where he decided he's an expert, he's an actuary, and he decided to leave the company that he was working with and start his own business. And his thing was, I actually don't know how to run a, a business. I know how to be an actuary, but I don't know what it means to run a business. All of a sudden, I have a team. How do I work with them? If I could sit all day and do my modeling and my calculations and my analyses, I'd be as happy as anything. But I understand that now I have to operate on another level. And same within an organization. There is an awareness that all of a sudden, you need to operate at a different level to what you used to and what you know. And I will add to that that it's not always easy to admit it because you're such a high performer and you know how to do things really well that all of a sudden feeling a little bit out of your depth in a certain area is not something that is easy to admit or easy to become aware of. Or sometimes it's even just kind of pushed aside because you know, another thing that I hear is if I just didn't have to do the people stuff, if I could get on with my thing and not have to manage people, you know, experts do find that to be one of the more challenging uh, aspects of leadership when they get into more senior positions. So this is where it can feel very uh, isolating. It can feel very lonely. It's very difficult to admit that you're having a hard time leading people or becoming aware of your behaviors that might not be serving you and your team and your business. And, and I think this is a time to reach out to people around you get feedback, work with trusted advisors, or get a coach or a mentor who can really help you to step back out of the day-to-day -day operational staff of the business and look at yourself, look at how you're leading your team, and help you think through some of the challenges in a different way. So you bring up a good point. So this will be the next topic of conversation, mentorship. What What is mentorship? Mm. A lot of people have very, you know, different preconceived notions on what that means does that mean somebody hovering over you all day does that mean checking in once a week or once a month what does that mean yeah so so mentorship typically is definitely not someone hovering over you and definitely even not as a manager should you ever hover over people and that's i'm just gonna quickly take an aside here that that sometimes our experts um uh, flaw or downfall is that they want to maintain control over the areas of expertise, so they tend to micromanage their staff, which which never really works well. It's, you know, it's about building building your team and building trust in your team as well. So hovering over people is never a good idea, and not even with a mentor. The thing with a mentor is that you are going to be having a relationship or building a relationship with someone who has walked the path that you've walked before in an area that you want to develop in. And you will engage with your mentor. Sometimes it could be weekly, sometimes monthly. The, the frame or the time frame is really up to you in, depending on your needs. But it's establishing a good relationship with someone who can act as that trusted advisor, as that person who can help you to step back and look at what you're doing. And the key thing with a mentor is that they've walked a certain path that you, you want to walk and you want to learn from their experience 
and their expertise in a particular area or industry. The difference with a coach is that a coach may not have walked that path. So for example, I mean, I'm an actuary and I do have a lot of clients who are actuaries, but the truth is, if I'm totally honest, I, I couldn't give them any advice on how to you know, do the, the projections and analyses and modeling well because I've been out of that field for ages. So that's not why my actuaries work with me or my actuary clients. They actually work with me because they want their thinking challenge. They want to be able to plot a path. They want feedback on their behaviors when it relates to how they manage their people, how they lead their, their business. And that's where I come in. So it's about expanding thinking, challenging their thinking. Yes, using my experience of working in the leadership space, um, what I've learned and what I've you know, experienced with other clients as well is to be able to give them that input. So I come in from the leadership perspective, but I'm more of a coach-mentor combination. A mentor would be someone typically in your industry, so an actor who's walked the path of going from actuary to CEO, and then they take on mentoring of a, a younger actuary who wants to walk the path and get that advice. So the difference between advice and guidance, maybe, maybe. It's, it's a fine line, but there is, there is a difference. Sure. So how does somebody go about finding a mentor or a coach? Like, how do they find the right one for them? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think part of that is really uh, asking around. So getting some referrals, doing your searches. So, you know, wherever you tend to hang out, whether it's LinkedIn or Google or whatever it is, and check them out. Check out their online presence. What are the messages that they put out? Do you connect with their style? Do you connect with the content that they put out? Getting references and recommendations is always a good idea. And then obviously to interview them, have a, have a call, have a chat with them and see how you connect. Is this person, not only do you like the person, because I think liking doesn't really have much to do with it. It's more about is this person or is this mentor able to challenge my thinking? Is this mentor able, able to give me feedback based on their experience of working with other leaders or perhaps working in industry? And uh, there are also professional organizations. So for coaches, I am a member and master certified coach with the International Coach Federation. And I think that's something that's worth looking at in terms of professional affiliations. That's a good point, because if the first thing that you recommend would be to, like you said, wherever you hang out, just let's just use online, for example, LinkedIn, and maybe you or has there's someone you see on LinkedIn that um, you admire and you, you like what they're doing and it sounds like they'll resonate yeah. with you. You could cold call essentially and, and reach out and, and ask. Um, it doesn't mean For you're sure. going to get a response. So would you recommend starting that route? And if there is a little success, just going in the dark, um, then reaching out through the professional organizations that you mentioned? Definitely. Uh, I do think, honestly, I think that LinkedIn is such a great platform because you can see what people are putting out, what content they're putting out. So if I, even if I talk about myself, I use LinkedIn as my platform to share my message. So my approach is really nothing too salesy and I would steer clear of anybody who promises you results, you know, those overnight successes and whatever. If you just do one, two, three, you'll get results. That's not what it's about. It's about establishing a relationship with someone who you really resonate with in terms of their message and what content they're putting out. So I'm a big believer in that. So check out the articles that they've written, the posts that they're putting out. I think that gives you a really good feel for who someone is. 
and for sure, if someone uh, messages me on LinkedIn with interest to look at working together, uh, I do respond. So if you're going to reach out and they don't respond to you, uh, that would also maybe put into question a little bit, um, you know, why, why they're not checking their messages. And then the other thing is to then look at their website and for sure there will be a way to contact them through that. So I think there are avenues. But I think the online space is a really good starting point because you do get a very good feel for who a person is. You know, and, and in so many different ways, whether it's written media or videos or you know, articles or whatever it is, there's a lot of information that you can get from just you know, following someone for a little while. So, so, so yeah, let's, let's talk about the mentor in that, in that case, when you're dealing with a mentor, you know, that's someone, like you said, by definition has walked the path where you want to walk, um, in the future, most likely. So mm -hmm. sometimes what I've seen happen is like, for example, someone will reach out to, to me and I've never been a mentor before. This is just an example. I'm not saying it's the case, but I've never been a mentor in the past and someone wants guidance and you know from the mentees the mentor's perspective prospective mentor if they have no experience in doing this um how do you how do you help potential mentors become mentors when they're they don't even realize that they have the capability to do so um yeah. i've seen that happen a couple times as yeah. well it's true. I think you raise a good point. And I have been involved in quite a few programs within organizations to develop mentors. So, for example, as you say, if you have a lot of experience in your industry and you have younger people coming in and wanting to learn from you, how do you mentor them in an effective way? Because what I see often is that mentors who don't really understand what it's all about, they'll do a lot of storytelling, which I think is fantastic. There's a lot you can learn from people's experiences and telling the stories but there's an element of it that relates to asking questions, challenging thinking, seeing where your mentee is and how they need to develop. And there is a skill to that for sure that can be learned. So, you know, I would say as a few tips to take away how to be a good mentor is ask questions. Get really curious. Don't think that your way will work for everyone just because this is what works for you. There's a lot of value in that. But ask more questions and see what you can tailor from your experience that can align with the person that you are mentoring because it will be different. There is no one size fits all. And the truth is that is why I love the work that I do because no two clients are the same. You know, they could come from similar industries, but they have very, very different experiences of where they need to develop and how they need to grow in their leadership. So ask questions, get curious, listen, share some of your stories, but do that in a, in a measured way. So it's not also a monologue of a person sharing, 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 and not really connecting with the person that they're speaking to. Hello, yeah, and, and also sometimes, can you talk a little bit about the modernization for being a mentor? Because in that scenario uh, that I mentioned to you where they're a little bit apprehensive because they don't have you know, professional designations or they don't really know where to go, um, in the event that they get educated through, you know, your professional net, you know, programs that you mentioned or any other, mm. um, you know, organization or maybe online platform um, to yeah. get educated. How do they, you know, get over, okay, like if I'm going to do this, I got to make sure it's worth an investment 
um, and typically that's monetary. So how do you, how do yeah. you as a mentor kind of gauge the value yeah. of your time as well? Because, so you know, they, like, yeah. I, like you said, there's a difference between mentor and coaches, um, coaches, you know, or, like you said, or general, they may not be specifics specifically involved in your business, but I, I, you know, the, the price for those kind of range, um, all over the place. So is that the same for mentors? So I think, that, I think actually there are two ways of mentoring uh, from what I see in the market. One is a kind of pro bono relationship where, you know, someone may approach you because they see that you're doing really well and they'll want to build a relationship and connect with you. And often that's done pro bono, you know, and that also, then you can't expect your mentor to give too much time. And I must say, I get a lot of calls from young coaches who want to know stuff and I'm happy to help and I'm happy to uh, contribute, but I will not tend to get into a long-term relationship with someone like that on a pro bono basis. You know, the calls of, can I just pick your brains on this or that? Like I said, I have limited amount for that. And I think that at some point you've also got to be aware that there's a value exchange that needs to happen. The second type of um, arrangement is where there is that monetary exchange. So someone is wanting you to mentor them because you've got experience and you've got a lot to offer and that, and they're willing to pay for it. I would say that what would be really important here is actually to do a really good coaching course because you want to develop those skills of listening and communicating and asking questions and building a framework and a structure for how this mentoring relationship works. But on the informal side, it can be just a nice chat, you know, where I have some questions, tell me your opinion on it, and, you know, and you go away, and when you come together again, you come together again. The, the more, um, you know, professional route is to actually go and get some good training and skills in how to coach, because mentoring and coaching is very similar. You can always bring your own experiences and, um, you know, methodologies and philosophies into it when you're a mentor um, and give more advice. But it starts with, in my opinion, the, a good basis of listening, communication, questioning, challenging skills, feedback skills. And those are things that need to be learned, you know. So if you're going to do this as a, in a professional route where you get paid for it, treat it like any profession and, uh, and do the learning and, you know, get the qualifications. And that's where I spoke about from a coaching perspective. For me, when I changed my career from being an actuary to being a leadership coach and consultant, it was really important for me to go the professional route. So I did a whole lot of studying. I've done my master's degree as well in, in, with a focus on leadership. And I've joined or even got certified or accredited as a master coach through the International Coach Federation, which is a professional body. So that was really important for me to have a code of ethics and a code of conduct and, you know, a, a framework that I say, this is who I am from a professional and ethical point of view. So for me, that's kind of another level when you're taking your profession seriously. Got it. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Daphne, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast, Leadership Live? Yeah, sure. So Leadership Live was born in the COVID uh, time because I really felt as, as soon as this whole pandemic started, and if we look back, it's been a really long time now. I mean, what are we looking at? Seven, seven, a good seven, eight months. Um, I felt called to, as a coach, to do something, to contribute to the community, 
or to, to the environment around me where I saw there was a lot of anxiety and fear and panic and uncertainty and really not knowing how to deal with all of this and stresses from all of a sudden time looking different, work looking different, everything seemed to have all our structures and frameworks that we build around us to make us feel solid and secure and confident have come crashing down. And the question for me was, how do I contribute? How do I help? As a coach, this is what we are trained to do. We're trained to deal, help people deal with uncertainty and anxiety and fear and, and navigating a complex environment. So as a coach, we really work a lot with mindset and how you're thinking about things and how you're looking at things and how you can change perspective and look at things from different ways. So I started off thinking I want to be able to give some good practical tips on how to take leadership in this complex chaotic time and started off with some YouTube or Facebook lives which then converted into a podcast and this is where I'm at. So it's called Leadership Lab and it really is about leading in crisis and it's evolved into being extraordinary in your leadership and now recently I've started uh, actually doing some live coaching sessions in the podcast. So the, the first one was dropped last week. And uh, really giving people a window into what a coaching session looks like, because I, I know people are curious, you know, what, what does it mean? What does it actually look like? What does it feel like? So this is where what I'm starting to do. So my, my solo episodes are very practical around how do you show leadership in this and navigate this chaotic traveling time with practical tips on communication, decision making, uh, extraordinary leadership, um, purpose and meaning, the Groundhog Day feeling, all of those kind of topics. And then I'm introducing interviews and coaching sessions as well now. That's excellent. And I'm sure the general public could have <laughs> used more people like you during that time since, since March. So that's great. Um, how else can yeah. people find you and learn more yeah. about you, Daphne, as we uh, wind down the you. show? Thank you. So absolutely, the podcast also on my website, which is uh, DaphneHorovitz.com. And LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect with me there. And I, I, I'm all about, I believe leadership, the key tool for leadership is conversation. And I'm all about starting the conversations, having conversations about hard topics. And even when we don't always know the answers, and we really, really don't, and in this time I think we know we have even less answers than, than we used to, um, have the conversations, talk about what's going on that just opens the gateway for whatever change or action needs to happen as a result. So my invitation is always open to begin the conversation, let's get connected, let's get talking, because I really do believe that this is how we make a better world. That's great. Yeah, definitely have a conversation with Daphna. Um, I know a lot of people, including myself, that could uh, use guidance in, in general, um, and especially during those turbulent times. And yeah. um, her links to her LinkedIn and her website and also her Leadership Live podcast will be in the iTunes description. So all you need to do is click it and connect with Daphna and reach out to her and hopefully uh, start a relationship. Um, Daphna, now as we, we wind down the show, um, really appreciate you coming on and hope to have you again in the future. Thank you, Anthony. I've really enjoyed it. Can I say one more thing? Because I actually forgot about it. <laughs> Okay. I've just, just launched my book, which is called Weekly Habits for Extraordinary Leaders. And it really is short, sharp chapters with practical tips that you can open up and just gain something to take with you for your 
business, your career, or your life. I've had amazing feedback on it. So if that's something that you want to look at and pick up, it's available on Amazon. And yeah, feel free to, to purchase a copy there as well. Excellent. Everybody, I encourage everybody to do so. So thanks again for coming thanks. on. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Take care, Daphne.